0: This is a DMB Society Podcast.
1: I got a little sister
2: named Jane.
0: And this is the pod that Jane likes. And now here are your hosts, Jeanette, Trisha, Matt, and Sean.
3: Hi, hello, and welcome into a very special episode of The Pod That Jane Likes. In this episode, we will be examining the 10th studio album from the Dave Matthews Band titled Walk Around the Moon. I'm Sean, and I'm once again joined by Jeanette, Trisha, and Matt. How are you all doing? And maybe more importantly, are you aware that the Dave Matthews Band released the new studio album this summer? Oh my Stop gosh. it right did now. I,
2: did that happen?
3: How about that? I just kind of <laughs> snuck up.
2: Yeah, uh, we're pretty. How's aware. everybody
3: doing? <laughs> good. How are you, Sean? I'm good. I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to chat about this album. Me too. We'll
0: finally, talk about this. It's been a long time
1: coming.
2: You know, I'm really glad that we we waited to do this. You know, we got we really let it you know seep into our pores for a few months before we gave it the review.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah. Seep into our pores. Seep into our hearts. Right <laughs> here we are.
0: Marinate.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so everybody. Just so everyone is aware, uh, we when the album came out, we extensively chatted about how we wanted to handle doing this album review. And kind of collectively, we came up with this idea that we were not going to put it out immediately. We did want to sit with this music for a little while. We didn't want this to necessarily be our initial reaction. we We certainly had an initial reaction and and we recorded a little mini episode of of just that. But we did, in fact, want to marinate with the music for a little bit, if you will. We wanted to experience some of these songs live, and uh, we've done just that. So here we are at our Walk Around the Moon album review, and, uh, and we're pretty, pretty excited about it. So this is, in fact, the 10th official studio release from the Dave Matthews Band, and it's one that I think is a very notable piece of work for a number of reasons. First off, this 2023 release represents the band's first studio record since 2018. In addition to there being a five-year gap in between records, much of this album was recorded at a time when the world essentially shut down as we all dealt with the COVID-19 pandemic. The band was forced into recording this album in isolated pieces rather than having the luxury of being able to sit down as a collective unit and produce music similar to the way that they have uh, in the past. Personnel-wise, Walk Around the Moon represents the band's first full-length release with keyboardist Buddy Strong. Production-wise, Rob Evans produced 10 of the 12 tracks, essentially all of the tracks except for Break Free and Monsters. John Alasia produced four tracks, and Mark Batson received a production credit for his work on Break Free. So, with a little bit of the background in mind, um, what do you say we jump into breaking down this album?
0: Let's do it.
1: Yeah, let's, let's do, do it. it. Let's walk around the moon. Oh I found a stranger walking in the woods.
2: See, he was not quite like anyone I knew red poker shadows in
3: her hair she so said you take me and i'll take you there we get underway with the track that bears the same name as the album that it's featured on and i personally think that in more ways than one this opening track is an introduction to kind of what lies ahead for the listener It's a song that debuted two years prior to the album's release and was performed regularly in 2021 and 2022. And ultimately, it was released on this album as the third single. Of course, we're talking about the title track, Walk Around the Moon. So, Matt, do you want to get us rolling with your your thoughts on the first track on the DMB's 10th studio album?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Walk Around the Moon, a fan favorite, and why not? Um, sounds like old DMB. Um, I remember saying when the song first debuted, how I, the first time I listened to it, I really expected like sort of this new version of DMB at the end during sort of the jam and the outro to feature, you know, sort of like a harder edge, a guitar solo or a synthesizer or something like that. But, um, we get a great, outro of jeff coffin on the flute which continues on in the album version and that's really Mm -hmm. the highlight for me of this track um i love the song i love the outro um the only critique that i have and i've said this from day one on this album is there were a couple of tracks on here where i think that uh dave's vocal is so muted and i don't understand you know I, i think it was a choice um but if you have ever gone to a show and you've seen walk around mm-hmm. the moon in person um you know that the song builds and specifically the part that always sticks out for me is um there's a lyric about dave saying that's not how it is because and on the on the album it's sort of like a, <laughs> kind of like an afterthought and in 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 you know in in a live setting, it builds and like he like almost screams that because because the song has been building up and building up and building up, and it just feels like it's just so you yeah know, so muted in general. That's my only critique of the song. I think other than that, it is um you know an excellent song. I think the production and the way to kick it off as you know the the name of the album and and all of that is uh you know is really great and it sort of signals an adventure that um you know that the album is going to be this this walk around the moon and um i think that's really cool and uh so you know props to the band for uh for throwing sort of that old school feel with the flute outro and um you know i think it's a great start
3: so in addition to it being the first track on the album in a lot of ways this was the first track of this project um davis stated in the past that the development of this song is ultimately what led them to the album. Uh, this this was something that he started to put together on his own. One thing led to another. They, they bring in Carter to lay down drums on this. Um, Dave has been quoted as saying what Carter did on that song really set the stage for us and what this album would become. So in a lot of ways, it's... Of course, the title track to the album, it kicks the album off, but it also kicked off the recording process in a lot of ways, uh, a very unique recording process where the band wasn't necessarily always together. Trisha, it's a song that we've heard a bunch of times prior to the album being released in a live setting. How, how do you think it translated from that setting to what we ultimately got on the album?
1: Well, I loved Walk Around the Moon when I heard it live, first heard it live, um, and was super excited. Um, For it to to come out and hear it on the album And I think there's a reason why the song is both The title of the album and opens the album And that's because it's the best song On the album, full stop From the inhale to the exhale This song is fun, sexy Trippy, cool, it really takes you on a ride The lyrics are good Carter is incredible on this track Um, And of course the horns and the flute Um, I'm always struck After the first It's blue and it's red think the song's going to end and then they like come right in we're going to take it so far out and you go on like a whole nother journey with this song so I always love hearing it live um, I know Matt did not like how that <laughs> because translated <laughs> on the album we had a lot of funny conversations about that but in some ways I kind of like that we have two options now we have the quiet because <laughs> and we have the loud because um, and Dave can choose what he wants to do when he's live um, but I think it's a standout I think Carter's a standout um, and the song has a little bit of everything. Oh my so it's I, a little early, a huge, <laughs> 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 it's, uh, it's, uh, my favorite song.
3: Jeanette, do you have any lyrics queued up that you're going to sing for us? Or are you going to just give us your I, description? I,
2: I, I mean, it, I like Trisha. It is also my favorite song on the album. Um, yeah. this song is so special to me. I, I, I'm, and believe it or not, I actually prefer the album version over the live version. What they did with the production on wow. this, it's a little overproduced, but in the most perfect way possible. I think overproduction is like the thing now. And, and I just, I love the way it sounds. Um, the, the imagery, that, the lyrics, you know, like the, the, it takes us on such a journey, Trisha, using your words, red po the, re- the, the red dress, polka dot. I mean, that's the mushroom, right? Like, like that's. <laughs> yeah. You know she's the mushroom, and I think that the journey we are legit on this mushroom journey with Dave, and from beginning to end, like from Mm -hmm. the minute he walks through that door of his mushroom trip, and I can visualize it every time he sings it, every time I listen to it, I can visualize this whole journey that we're on, and um, I just love this song, guys. I I I, I can't think of a better way to open this album. I really can't.
3: So true. Yeah, I think with, without question, the the album opens on a high note. I think there's there's something really uh, cool about the fact that if you do follow this band prior to the album being released, you probably heard Walk Around the Moon, but you had not heard it perfected, if you will, um, however the band deems it to be perfected in a studio setting. So I think there's something really unique about the fact that I know... I was really, really anxious to hear this song once the track listing came out. It's a song that I had loved live, and it's a song that I was really anxious to hear how it was going to translate into, into a studio session. And I do, in fact, think that it really does signal the start of of the journey that this album is. Um, we 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 talked earlier that this album is... Uh, not only did it come out during COVID, but I I think, and I I thought this is something that I thought after my first listen, and it's something that I still think after my one hundredth listen, two hundredth listen, however many times I've listened to the album now, I still think that 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 COVID thread kind of mm-hmm. goes in and mm-hmm. out Absolutely. throughout this entire album. And I and I think the the premise of this song really kicks off that theme. Um, I think anybody that um, was was forced to experience COVID the way that we were, um, knows how sometimes you 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 needed an escape, and that's what this song mm. is uh, yeah. in more mm. ways than one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's very much uh, it's very much an escape. So I think it really does set the album um, off on a on a great note. And and from Walk Around the Moon, we roll into the second track on the album, which was actually released as the first single on this album. It's a song that. Debuted back in 2021. It's a song that once again, we had heard a number of times prior to us getting our hands on a studio version of this song. Of course, I'm talking about Mad Men's Eyes, um, a song that the band certainly loves playing. Uh, If, if you've seen the Dave Matthews band from 2021 on you, the, the odds are pretty high that you saw this song performed live. It's, it's very much been in regular rotation and is prominently featured at um, at the beginning of this album in the number two slot. Jeanette, do you uh, do you have thoughts on on Mad Men's Eyes?
2: Yes, I have many thoughts on Madman's Eyes. Um, you know, kind of uh, piggybacking off of Walk Around the Moon, having that old Dave Matthews Band sound. So does Madman's Eyes, right? Like it, it's a reminder of a little minarets or what you are. Or a Last stop, it's got that Middle Eastern vibe to it. First time I heard this song was in the fall of 2021. First time I heard it live. And I just remember being like, this is is my band. Like, this is what we've been waiting for. The anger, the passion, the message. I mean, the song is about gun violence. It's clearly about gun violence. It's not, you know... He's not playing around here, folks, like he's angry, you Mm -hmm. know, and (laughs) as we should all be, too. And um, it was my it actually was my first favorite song of the new songs before the album was released that I I couldn't get enough of it. I still can't get enough of it. I feel like when they're playing it live, um, it just gets better and better. But as a as a production, as a recording, it's perfection. And that's all I have to say about that. (laughs)
1: Yes, (laughs) I totally agree.
0: i uh I wanted to add a little bit to that um I think the uh the production here is incredible um specifically the string edition uh adds a ton to the mm-hmm. overall feel and ambiance of the music um I was looking up actually there are a couple of other string arrangements on the album and this one specifically was done by David Campbell who's like if you look up his um his dance card, it's like he's worked with every major band and recording artist in the last 50 years, basically. And I think the other string arrangements are good, but I think that this one is great. Um, and I just think it adds so much to the overall feel of the of the song. Um, we've seen David Campbell and crew show up at, Hol- at the Hollywood Bowl a couple of times now. And, um, you know, those, those versions, I think, stick out. Um, You know, for for the songs that are featured specifically, I know last year we heard this song, Um, and you know this is not my uh, definitely not my favorite song in the album. It's very powerful, Um, but I you know I I, my notes here I wrote thumbs way up even though it's not my favorite song. I just think that it's a great you know number Mm -hmm. two on here.
3: I think I think the the point has been made a couple times now, and and I think that it's a great point of how high the production value is on this particular song. It's the first song that we we got to hear. Um, when this song was released, I I can can vividly remember listening for the first time. And Mad Men's Eyes is something I had heard countless times prior to, but um I think it's it's pretty special when you listen to the studio version for the first time and and you can be blown away by what they were able to accomplish with this song in the studio. What's interesting about what Matt brought up is um the Hollywood Bowl. That that's a great pull Matt because they did in fact uh a few months before the album was released when the band performed at the Hollywood Bowl, they did have this entire st- string unit there. They performed this song. It it was really uh, a spectacle and 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 a great performance and I remember thinking afterwards, I I like the odds of this sounding very similar to this on the Mm -hmm. record and to their credit, I think it sounds better than that on the record. I think they really nailed it. Mm -hmm. I think the strings are so perfectly placed and they're such a fantastic addition to the message of this song. Dave has said that this song is a reflection on how he's felt for the past five years from, you know, during the time uh, in between studio releases um, and, and obviously as, as Jeanette mentioned, the, the themes around gun violence, they're, they're very apparent, very obvious and, and very real and serious. Trisha, how, as, as somebody else who has listened to this song a bunch of times prior to it being released on the album, how, how did you think it translated into the studio?
1: Oh, I think it's an excellent song live and on the studio, powerful in your face, meaningful. Um, you know, again, it's about gun violence. And as of this recording in August, 2023, there have been 420 mass shootings in the country and 25,000 people have died from gun violence. And I only mention this because Dave is the soundtrack to our lives. And this is an epidemic in our country. And I always appreciate it that Dave is not afraid to shy away or uh, make us feel or have a song to help us process the rage of some really complicated and hard issues in this country. And so... um, you know, I, uh, you know, outside of him being so talented in many ways, I think that his kind of bringing people's awareness to these things are something But that always, I, that, that's why we love him, truly. Um, and so musically, it, I, oddly, like, it makes me want to dance at these shows. <laughs> like I'm always finding myself dancing and then realizing, like, oh, my God. It's a rage Rachel's dance. Something. Yeah, it's, it's a rage, rage dance. dance. You're right. Okay, okay I'm going to think about that. to dance out your rage. Yeah, I'm like dancing and I'm like, oh God, we're talking about something so dark. So I think the song was beautifully written, um, something they perfected live. And I just want to make a plug, or if you haven't heard the solo version he played on Howard Stern, I would say go back and listen to that. You can Google it and find it anywhere, <laughs> sure. but that's a must listen. So I think live solo on the album, just an all around excellent song.
2: You know, and I think it still really does stick through to the theme of the pandemic in the sense that this did not go away during and after the pandemic and, and, and mm-hmm. it's still happening. It's not, doesn't seem to be going away. Um, so I think it really does fit in with the theme of the whole pandemic because, you know, it's just another thing we were thinking about while mm-hmm. we were all sitting at home, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like that it was,
3: it was included. So we start off the album with two songs that all of us and, and really anybody that follows the band would be very familiar with with walk around the moon and mad men's eyes, as we roll into the third track on this album, now we get into uncharted territory. If you will, we get into looking for a vein, a song that uh, previously we had not heard. So we, we were kind of going into this very uh, with, with fresh ears, if you will um, a, a whole brand new experience. It's a song that apparently Dave and Rob Evans recorded well before the album was born. Uh, so one of those tracks that uh, existed in in some capacity sitting on a shelf somewhere um, plucked from that shelf and, and kind of uh, fit nicely into, into this project. I, I think that it's uh, remarkable in a way that um, we have two such strong songs to start the album and in looking for a vein, at least I think as, as an audience, we're um, given some of the most thought-provoking lyrics, maybe uh, mm-hmm. on this album. Um, mm-hmm. I think this idea of um, trudging into an office every day, and you know, why do we? Why do we do the things that we do? Um, Dave, in in talking about this song, has mentioned that it's very much a song about addiction but not to drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think when the word addiction gets thrown out there, your mind naturally goes to, to something like drug addiction. Um, and I, and I think that that sums up this song well, because I, I do think it, it has um, addiction themes to it, but maybe not necessarily in the way that um, are the most obvious or the most apparent. Um, Trisha, we'll throw it back to you. What, um, what are you looking for of thoughts?
1: I think it's a beautiful little song and in some ways catches you after what is kind of a hard and serious song with Mad Men's Eyes. So just, I really enjoy the placement of it on the album. Um, and to your point, Sean, like these lyrics are alone, like are so poignant and powerful. Like what will it mean? What will it matter is uh, that's something that has stuck with me. Um, that I take from that, um, song and I think about often. I like hearing it live. I think it's quiet and sweet and, uh, powerful so i always like to uh i always think it's pretty cool when a song is so like little and short and then stays with you and you're like wow that was actually a really good song um so all around a little, a little beautiful little song that's my thoughts
3: jeanette how about your thoughts
2: yeah it gets stuck in your head a
1: little bit doesn't it it's yeah kind of
2: yeah. catchy you know but um i, I see i i equate the song with m- a little bit of depression. Um, I, you know, I know you, you we, we uh, as we said, when we first saw the title, the title and we saw the tracks um, looking for a vein, we automatically assumed a vein on your body. But once I heard it, I realized, well, or, or what, or what I think is a vein, like a crack in the wall. Like he's trying to break out of, uh, of a, a tiny space that he's in that he can't. Mm. And I feel that when he's singing it, like I can actually feel that's his emotion. When he's singing it, that he's trying to break out of something, whether it be depression or an addiction or an anxiety attack or 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 a a awful job or something of that nature. I think that that's where he's coming from. You know, he just wants to. He finds that he finds that crack in the wall and wants to hammer and and break that wall Mm. down so he can get out of it.
1: it.
2: It free to hold it, just hold. I prefer the song live. Um, I don't love the drum machine on the recording. I don't really understand that choice, but it, it 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 fits. Like I don't I don't know why I don't I don't necessarily I don't hate it. Um, but if I had to choose, I would rather hear this song live. And we we're very lucky enough to hear it almost every single show. Mm-hmm. So. Um, mm-hmm. And it's short enough. It's not like super to, you know, where you're like, okay, (laughs) wrap it up. You know, it's like, it's a, it's a, it's good, you know, like a Jimmy thing (laughs) (laughs) where I got to go get a sandwich, (laughs) you know, it's, it's, but I'm enjoying, I'm still enjoying it. Like, I don't know where I'll be in a year from now, but as of right now, I'm really still enjoying it because I really love the message.
3: What I think is, is interesting about your point, Jeanette, is that I, Uh, at first glance, agree with the notion that I prefer the song live as well, Mm -hmm. Um, and I prefer Carter being on it versus the repetitiveness of a drum machine. But what I do find interesting is the way that the music mimics the lyrics or the way that they play off of each other in the sense that the droning rhythm of the song kind of mimics the mundane nature mm, of the everyday grind. No. Mm, and mm-hmm. and that has kind of always stood out to me and been something that I've really been impressed with, that that's musically and lyrically, they they kind of match up. They kind of gel, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Um, saying um, that. that's I not never, always...
2: Yeah, I'm never going to listen to the song <laughs> the same again. Thanks for that.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's not always an easy thing to do, and I think that they do it well here, um matt what are your thoughts on uh the third track well, on this, this is
0: my favorite song to come out of this whole thing um Ooh. yeah oh, yeah, no. yeah.
3: this is the song that i combo. always go back
0: to i think <laughs> it's um i think it's really incredible you know i i do certainly um want to know you know why and and sean it's a great point that you made about um you know the repetitiveness and everything and you know you don't have carter come in and just play drums and uh you know add in the soprano work that jeff does live which is just awesome um it's funny because we've all sort of talked about this vein like whatever this vein is that is being discussed and for me it's almost like um what i've always looked to it as is this person is trying to find like find that there's like blood running through their veins, like an active vein. Like I'm just doing this repetitive thing. And like, is any part of me actually alive or like, is anybody alive out there beyond like all of the walls that surround me? And um, so I, I think that that alone says so much about, you know, how this song can be interpreted so many different ways. Um, And uh, I think that this uh, combined with a few other songs, which I'll mention as we, as we go along, um, really took me back. Like these songs really put me right where I was Mm -hmm. in the middle of COVID, Mm -hmm. you know, like, uh, doing the same things over and over again, you know, with being, you know, stuck at home with my family and, uh, you know, we had a a second child during the pandemic and, um, you know, it was just, it's, it was such a very interesting, you know, it was a, heartbreaking time for so many people a hard time for so many people and you know this like i said this just took me right back there uh for for better or worse Mm. um and it's one of the songs it's typically the song that i like if i'm going to listen to this album and like jump around this is always the first track i listen to
1: Mm.
2: guys can i just say something this is why I love this band and this is why I love music because all four of us had a completely different interpretation of what this yeah. song means to them and I think that's the beauty of music and the beauty of this band and the beauty yep. of Dave's lyrics.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely not something that's easy to accomplish. Yeah. Um and and I'll I'll go as far as not to be, you know, overly dramatic, but I I don't know that there's a tremendous amount of <laughs> bands that can accomplish that. That right? can can put something out that four people can look at and and it mean four different things to. Um I gotta be honest, we we uh, we knew that we were gonna um record this episode, but we didn't necessarily know what the four of us were going to say. And it and it's really interesting, kind of live in the moment to hear so many different takes and it's really something when it's a song that I've heard so many times at this point, but to look at it through a different lens, um, yeah, what a, what a special thing!
2: Absolutely, absolutely.
3: So, from looking looking for a vein, we move into the fourth track of the album, "The Ocean and the Butterfly." This this one is a really interesting one to me. We've talked about COVID a number of times, and this song um, is about as much of a COVID song maybe until we get to the very end of the album. But this is in, in my mind, I associate this so much with the pandemic because of mm-hmm. when this song debuted. Um, mm. and, and it's a song that we first as a fan base heard a number of times in 2020 when uh, for lack of a better way to say it, the world was essentially shut down. Certainly live music was shut down and and really only existed online it was you know, sort of the only safe place that something like live music could exist. And this is a song that the first few times that anybody heard it was, was very much just Dave performing it on his own, whether it was in his home, whether it was at some sort of a, a benefit, um, but coming into our homes with just him and an acoustic guitar and in so many ways, that's such a lasting image of the pandemic for me, at least. Um, and, and this song kind of came out of that. I, I, I find it to be, um, the studio version that is, I find it to be such, um, a, an incredible acoustic jazzy feeling that honestly, I just, I cannot get enough of. Um, and I so very vividly remembering, uh, remember listening for the first time and, and it felt like the sound washed over me. I, I don't, I don't really know how else to explain it other than that. Jeanette and I were lucky to uh attend one of the advanced listening parties and i felt like i was sort of like melted into my seat and and this song just kind of washed all over me and um yeah i i i i remember being done with my first listen to this album and this one more than anything stood out as a song that i didn't know that i was going to love and boy did i really love how this turned out uh in the studio setting Matt, do you have uh, initial thoughts on maybe your first listen and how does that compare to? Yeah, well, what I you remember. Think of the song um, now?
0: You know, we all were lucky enough to be together when this album came out, so my first listen was with the mm-hmm. four of you. And I remember you and Jeanette were really excited for all of us to hear this song specifically together. And um, you know, I agree with you a hundred percent. It's um, it, and th- the funny thing is that we had heard it live. Right, we had heard it um, last year. Uh, you know during shows and you know it felt very similar to the dave acoustic solo versions that we had heard during the pandemic but this is so different there's so many fun little saxophone licks and you can really hear the airiness of jeff's saxophone i think he's like sort of channeling leroy he's not like you know jeff coffin like you know going crazy like during jimmy thing it's like it's very leroy Moore in that way um uh, which I think is great. And, you know, that whole idea of it being washed over you is, uh, is a great analogy.
2: Math's no miracle.
0: I have this song on my summer playlist, which has all sorts of different songs on it and I'm always happy to hear it when I'm you know sitting at the beach and uh you know just sort of enjoying the world and um i I think it's a great song i I really enjoy it
3: jeanette um how how have your thoughts on the song maybe changed or maybe didn't change from that initial first listen to where we are a few months later today?
2: They have not changed at all. it's still. I adore this song so much. Um, it's probably my second favorite song on the album after Walk Around the Moon. Um, I just love, I, I prefer the album version, to be quite honest. I, I, I mean, Fonz on the stand up on the upright bass. I mean, I just, I think it sounds incredible. Like you said, the jazzy thing, like I was transported to like, this jazz club with the band playing right in front of me when we were listening in that listening party. And I just, I just, I still have the same exact feel. It's like a big smile. I still have the same exact feelings about this song. Um, Yeah. Again, the imagery provided by Dave in the lyrics and musically, it's just, it's gorgeous. You know, um, I adore
1: this song.
3: Tricia, your thoughts on uh, The Ocean and the Butterfly?
1: Well, I don't want to bring the mood down. I think oh, it's cute. It's, cute. Nap. it's not
0: hot. It's not <laughs> it's, s- sexy. It's, it's, it's not a... <laughs> ragey. It...
1: No, it's it's cute.
3: <laughs> it's cute. It's cute. cute. It's sweet.
1: It's uh nicely done. Makes me want to sway my <laughs> hips. I think the horns are a standout. Uh, this is a song I really, uh, I really enjoyed when I was first consuming the album, and then it sort of fell off for me, to be honest. It's it's cute. Like if I had a little button nose, I would. Go boop, you
3: know,
1: and like <laughs> you, 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 you little song. boop
0: the ocean and, <laughs> the, butterfly the, ocean and the butterfly together. Yeah. and watch it dip and dive.
1: Yeah, so I'm not, it's not negative. Yeah, I'd watch it. Okay, but what die. if like we were at a
2: show and like Vaughn's brought out an upright bass? Wouldn't you think that was hot?
1: Well, that would be hot. Right? You know, and I do remember, <laughs> I have fond memories of the four of us listening to this for the first time and felt like I was transported into a smoky bar. Yeah. And I'm just saying that a couple months later when sure. I turned on, I'm like. This is why we did this. Yeah. Right? right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm like, ah, okay. What a cute right, I guess song. we're going to move on Ooh.
3: now. <laughs> 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 Well, before we move on, one thing that I wanted to point out as as we're transitioning in our review from track four to track five is the idea that uh, the band themselves have have talked about a number of times in regards to this album. and And it's this idea of this record being presented as a vinyl record and very much having a side A and a side mm. B and i th- i think it's it's uh, worth noting based on where we are in our review because um tracks 5 and tracks 6 which we're about to talk about close the first half of that album um and and for me i personally think that uh the way that these uh songs blend into each other 4 5 and 6 um I, I just think when you, when you listen to the album in that way, if you're, if you're streaming it, for example, and you're not listening to it on a vinyl record, um, I think in some ways this album was produced for there to be a pause after song six. And I, and I thought that was worth noting going into, uh, it could happen, which is the fifth song on this album, because I do think that these songs collectively, um, kind of string together in a way that, uh, closes out the first half of the album. So uh, it could happen the fifth track on the album. Um, Dave has talked about this song as a moment of awakening. Um, And personally, I love how this flows after the ocean and the butterfly. I think in terms of vocal performances, this song has some of my favorite vocal Mm. performances on the entire album. Um, I find myself constantly wishing that it, didn't end so abruptly. And I wish it was double the length of, of what we got on this recording. Mm. Um, and you know, the band has certainly began, uh, extending it and, and, uh, and the song has really grown into something else in a live setting. Um, but I, uh, you know, I, I love, it's a song, interestingly enough that after my first listen, and, and this is kind of why we wanted to, to let our album review marinate for a little bit. I, I don't know that this was a song that was a favorite of mine after my first listen. And it's a song that has continued, uh, continued to grow on me to the point that it is now one of my favorite tracks on this album. I think Carter st- sounds great. Matt talked about strings being on uh, DMB records a little bit earlier, and we will take all of the strings that we could get. We have some of them here and I love that. Um, it's a song I really like. Trisha, what do you think of it could happen? Well,
1: if I wasn't such a lover of Walk Around the Moon, this would be my favorite song on the album. Mm. Um, It, like Looking for a Vein, is Matt's kind of song that puts him right in the pandemic. This is that song for me. I think we've all been through a lot during lockdowns, and it's almost easy to forget what it felt like. But I put the song on. It takes me right back to the ups and downs. Um, And it's a story, right? Like it starts out talking about it happening. Yes, it did. We cut the cord and could not believe it, how it happened. It's like we were dreaming. You know, and I think it just goes on to say like how it happened. Everyone was laughing and dancing, like when we're getting out of it, out of this pandemic. And I just think it takes you on that um, journey. I can literally read and go on and on about every lyric because it reads like a story. I mm-hmm. joke that I also want to create an interpretive dance with it because it's like yep. very, it's just, it's a very story. Well, it's like I, would, a story. I would pay to see um, that. Just, uh, so it's if one if of you, the, were,
0: yeah, I'd buy a ticket. Would you? Ticket. I've been
1: practicing. Okay. <laughs> 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 I've been practicing. Uh, it's just one of those songs I have a lot of feelings around. And again, like Sean said, my only gripe with the song is that I hate when it's over. Mm. It's just like, oh, that could have went on for two more verses at least. Because right. um, it is vocally so beautiful. Um, and I love the way that he sings this song, too. So, yeah, if you take Walk Around the Moon off, this is my favorite on the album.
3: I think your breakdown of of lyrically what the song means is an interesting one because that is what I thought uh, early on in my listening to this song. And I mm-hmm. think interestingly, and, and I could be totally off here, but at some point in time, I think my mindset pivoted to what it has been like to be in this band for 30 plus years Uh, and, and what it was like in the say early nineties and how that has evolved over time. And uh, you know, the trials, the tribulations, the, the good, the bad, the wanting to break out, the, you know, the list goes on and on. So I, 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 I bring that up only because uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier, how remarkable of, of, uh, of an achievement it is when you can put out a piece of art and it is not only well received but interpreted different ways by different people I, I i think that that's you know uh uh something really special matt um what do you think of uh, it yeah, can yeah
0: i mean this song for sure brings me right back to uh the pandemic obviously uh in a in a good way um because it you know i, I think it's very much about finally getting out and seeing your friends and family and and all of that stuff um what i will Uh, say about this song, I want to just touch on one of the things that Trisha was talking about with the lyrics. I think the line about people being open wide, marbled in shadows and light. When you're so loose, you're so tight. Suddenly you're on fire. Mm. I think that's by far the best lyric on the entire album. I think it's incredible. The imagery, like every time I hear it, it gets stuck in my head. And I have this vision of like, sort of like, you know, when like you come out of like a dream and there are people in your house and, you're just like, you're sort of like blurry eyed and you go out and you see everybody. And it's like, you know, in this case was like the greatest thing ever because you hadn't seen people in your house in like the longest Mm. time.
3: That's Mm -hmm. what I always go back to.
0: I think it's just, um, just incredible. Uh, what I really love about this song and we had talked about it early on and it, it sort of fizzled a little bit was the band was using this as a transition song in a live setting. And one of the other things that I wanted to talk about when we get to the next track is how this sort of transitions into the next track. Um, And in a live setting, it's really cool. There were some really fun little mashups that happened because the song sort of can meander at the end uh, into something different. So like when we were in the Woodlands, for example, you know, the first night of the tour, uh they went from this into madman's eyes which i thought was a really cool transition they've used this to go into a couple of other songs like line our graves they did one night they did uh, i think crush as well so i loved this as a transition song i think it's um uh i think it's great and i do want to touch on the transition into the next track uh, uh when we get there
3: jeanette what does um it could happen mean to you how how does the song translate
2: um, I very much agree with uh, Trisha and Matt's take on it being This is very pandemic to me um, It takes me right there I feel like it is telling the story of us You know, being stuck inside The lid was on so tight it was on so tight just
3: to
2: bust and then just kind of busting out. And, and I, m- my visual is like all of us at that first show in Raleigh after the pandemic, just celebrating oh. being out and, and, you know, being with our band and, 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 you know, and just celebrating it being over. I mean, technically it wasn't over, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, I think it was just busting out of <sighs> that, of that loneliness of, you know, all being stuck in our houses and finally living again. And, um, and yeah, the imagery again is so beautiful in this song. It's, um, you know, I, I just and that soaring chorus. It's so Dave Matthews Band. It's it's yeah. yeah. It is it, it is for me quintessential Dave Matthews Band song. It is, you know, everything that I want to hear in a Dave Matthews Band song. And, and maybe it wasn't my favorite one in that first listen, Sean. When we were, you know, I kind of felt the same way, but, but, but as you, I was like, that was okay. Though I definitely got that it was a pandemic song immediately but mm-hmm. the more and more i listen to it the more i'm like belting it and mm-hmm. i get the interpretive <laughs> dancing i just kind of want to like yes. spin around. <laughs> you know, i, I yeah,
0: wonder I if this spin song spin was ever in contention <laughs> so for the opening track on the album you know like i think like that first line about oh. being on so tight like you know does is that like was it ever in consideration um you know,
2: yeah, that's a good question.
0: It'll be put on it list. on your list of questions. Question yeah. number twenty-seven.
2: Put
3: it on the list. On the list. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll move from track five to track six, and uh, Matt kind of mentioned it. I mentioned it a little while ago. This sixth track on the album very much is is um, intended by the band to be uh, an ending, if you will. Uh, let's pause let's flip the record over, maybe we pour ourselves a drink and kind of settle in for the second half of the album. Uh, But I I really think that that's worth noting with this track. Of course, the track that I'm referring to is Something to Tell My Baby. It's a song that debuted back in 2022. And if I'm being honest, it it wasn't one that I was necessarily excited about when when we got our first track listening uh, for this album. Uh, To my surprise, however, I think it fits not only really well into this album, but I think it fits really well into an outro to It Could Happen, and I think it fits really really well as an ending to the first half of the record. So maybe on its own, this song doesn't do a whole heck of a lot for me, but I think in the context of the entire album, um, it is one that I am... Okay with. Um, does the song go somewhere? I, I it's don't know. too long. I, it's too know, long. Who's to say? <laughs> but I, how how it fits, you know, as a puzzle piece. I love. I think it's a perfect puzzle piece to the end of the first half of this album. Um, those are, you know, my thoughts. It's Matt, too long. Uh, what are your thoughts? <laughs>
0: um, I I agree. I think I think the oh transition from this into the next track is great. Um, I know we're going to talk about the beatles in a minute um and what i think is so interesting about this song it feels like a white album song from the beatles you know when there were all of these sort of um uh individual tracks from all four members of the beatles uh and it was a double album and there was plenty of space for that i really like the first part of the song i think that the the um the acoustic guitar coming in, just Dave singing, I think is great. I just think you could have cut it a little bit earlier, and you know maybe that would have opened up. You know, on on the Matt director's cut of Walk Around the Moon, <laughs> something to tell my baby would be cut after the first little bit, and then we would throw in Cha Cha, or we might throw in Bismarck instead. You know,
1: ah, um, I, mean, I don't. I like yeah, Matt's, I like director's,
3: Matt's cut. director's cut. Matt, Matt director's Matt has, cut. coming soon. Forget,
1: yes,
2: um, please.
0: I, so that's that's what I always go back to. You know, the, I think the song meanders a little bit. I always talk about um, when songs don't have, like, regular song structure, when they don't have a bridge, when they don't go back into a chorus. This song doesn't do that. It just sort of, like, meanders and meanders and meanders. And it's very much Dad Dave, which we've talked about, which, like, Come Tomorrow was mm-hmm. littered with Dad Dave. And... Um, I don't know. I just I don't love it, um, and I think it's too long. But I do love the first little part, and I agree with Sean. I think it. I think it. It sits there nicely. Um, but could that extra time have been used for cha cha or something else? Yes, I. I do. I think that that <laughs> could have been the case.
3: Jeanette, your thoughts on something to tell my baby?
2: I mean, <laughs> I, won't, I won't have many. I wrote down
3: meh.
2: Oh. It's my least favorite song on the album, guys. I can't I just can't get into it as hard as I try. I'm like, okay, he's trying to tell me something. Something to tell your baby. Let me really like listen to this <laughs> I'm just yeah, and I'm just not following. Like I'm not following. Like I can't it's all I, for me, like lyrically it doesn't really go with the music and like like when he's singing, it doesn't it doesn't like it doesn't feel nice to my ears. You no. know what I mean?
1: Well, like, I just
2: don't, I'm not, I'm just, and it's too short. I can't even go to the bathroom, but it's too long for Matt. So it's just. (laughs) It
0: kind of sounds like like he's trying to tell you something and like, you're not understanding. So you're just sort of like sitting there nodding. He's like, so he says it in a different way again, (laughs) you know, and then like keeps going. and You're like, "Uh uh uh-huh. You know, something you can reach Uh for. Uh Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yep. I think. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I'm just. I could have done without something to tell my baby. That's just, I'm just going to be honest.
1: Oh.
3: It's cute. (laughs) Well, (laughs) It's cute. Tricia, what what does this do for your ears? We know what it does for Jeanette's ears. What does it do for your ears?
1: You know, I didn't think too deeply about this one because I think you just need a song sometimes to process some things. Like my brain goes right to the climate crisis we're in. like i go right to our planet and i and i i think like what are we actually leaving behind for our babies i okay because the planet's on f and fire so sometimes i need a song that just like process that and sometimes you just need a song to be sad it's not like Mm. you know it's just like i like his voice on it
3: Something will wear my remind them, something will make them smile when they think about it.
2: Something to tell my baby. I needed this. Now, yeah. now I'm, I'm going to be like, oh, he's talking about how we have to leave something so by for. End, you're going to be like, uh-huh, our babies. Uh-huh.
1: The, the uh-huh. two, the two parents. <laughs> yeah.
3: oh, okay. And that are right. Like,
1: oh, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We like it now. All right, <laughs> but That's where my brain goes. It goes to the climate okay. emergency that we're in. So <laughs> I think, you know, that's it. It's just, it's, it makes me sad, actually. Which is right. why I like going Guys, into the next is, song.
3: This is such a learning <laughs> opportunity for me here. I'm loving yeah. it. <laughs> so we've reached the end of the first half of, of this record. Um, and, and we'll continue to use this imagery of it being on a, on a vinyl record. And uh, so now we're pausing. We're flipping the album over. And <laughs> boy, oh boy, do we kick off. <laughs> The second half of this album with something, um, more specifically, track number seven, uh, titled After Everything, uh, kicks off the second half of this album. And uh, I know we're going to have thoughts. I think every person who has ever listened to this album has thoughts. Trisha, do you want to give us your thoughts on how the second half of this album gets underway? I think starting
1: with me is good so that you guys can just, you know, get out, whatever you're going to say, but... I like this song and just to say like something to tell my baby actually hits me in that I feel sad. And so the beat coming in it after everything I was like, "Oh god, all right, thank god we're we're happy again." <laughs> like <laughs> um I think it's sexy. I think it's romantic. You make mistakes, I make mistakes, but it don't matter, okay? Cuz we got good <laughs> love. <laughs> I
3: make mistakes, you make mistakes, but it don't matter. They because...
1: And I love Buddy on it. I love when he comes in, when you first hear his voice singing, he wants to know if you feel all right, baby. And it's very sexy. It's a nice, it's nice to have him on a song. I think he sounds good. Um, I think it's fun, period. Like, especially if you're in love and it's like sexy and you're there. I'm very into it. And I was into it. The day that we listened to it together at the Woodlands, I found myself dancing to Buddy. And I felt like he was like, all right, Buddy, taking me to church here. So for that reason, I am an after-everything fan. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say what you're going to say, guys. I know where you're going with this. (laughs)
0: So when when this song was uh, played at all the listening parties and everything, um, I got very excited because everybody said, Beatles, 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 Beatles the first rock album mm. that i ever uh listened to my dad had a copy of sergeant pepper and i listened to that you know hundreds of times on repeat and the beginning of the song sounds like that it sounds like sergeant pepper it's you know mm-hmm. there's all these crazy um uh you know sounds that are coming at you flying fast and furious like you're going to come into something and then and then the song comes in and it's it's very much a Beatles song as well, right? Like it, it sounds like you know John, Paul, George, and Ringo on the Ed Sullivan show, like kind of going like this, doing their doing their whole thing. But what's coming out of of Dave's mouth <laughs> is something very, very different. It is just, I, I, I use the analogy when we were together and heard this for the first time that it sounded like Dave and Buddy, you know, and everybody had been like out for a night and we're just at home like jamming or whatever. And I said, yeah, I said then, I said, and maybe that's okay, but I'm taking that back, which is why we did this because I think that this song is, uh, uh, it's, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Uh, I don't like the lyrics. I don't like anything about it. And, uh, Aww. again, on the Matt director's cut of this, could we have that intro <laughs> into like, like the dun, 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 dun? Into like Bismarck, right? Just use that intro, and then like, and then let's go right into Bismarck or Cha Cha or something like that. Oh. But yeah, this song.
2: I'm really excited for Matt's This song for does Matt's not
0: do it for Cut. me. I think it, uh, it's got a lot of issues. It's
3: a no for me, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Jeanette, does this song do it for you?
2: Okay, I, I don't feel as. As positive as Trisha, but I also don't feel as <laughs> negative as Matt. I feel like I f- I land somewhere in the middle. Um, I don't hate it because at least it's interesting. Okay, mm. like you hear something to tell my baby. That's not interesting to me. That's mundane and kind of m- melancholy. And I'm just kind of like, uh. but at least after everything is interesting. And I love that it's like three different songs in one. I think that's it's kind like of a transformer. Cool. Um, it does. <laughs> yeah, it's like a transformer, right? <laughs> Um, that middle you know the the Beatles the Beatles comparison is so true um and if you can get past the lyrics which is very hard to do
1: oh my gosh I think
2: that it is musically not a bit it's not a bit it's not bad I do find myself bopping my head's moving I'm grooving I'm doing a little of this doing a little of that but like I just if we could just go if we could just discuss some of these lyrics right now okay yes please I love I love this well I'm also going to sit love here because is the glue <laughs> sticks us together. Mm-hmm. You know, you know you know it's the truth. Like it's just it's just I make mistakes you make mistakes but it don't matter. Like why? And you Cause cause that's a romantic. great question. You, great question. It's not uh, that I make mistakes you make mistakes but it don't matter. You think that's romantic?
1: I think that's romantic. Uh, yeah, cuz you right. got good love and you can get past the mistakes, you know?
2: <laughs> the milk but it don't matter cause I ain't crying yeah it's and the good. god
0: dog part is, uh, is also very interesting but, but yeah
2: the, the god dog part but also the, I think this, is, this takes the cake you are better than the baddest bad mm-hmm. better than the baddest bad baby
0: I got that tattooed on my arm, guys. I just wanted to. Yeah. Look
1: at it. Is that romantic? Really <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if it was being, you know, I feel like if you wrote these lyrics in a card for like Valentine's Day, <laughs> I would not be upset. I would be like, coming to your door. <laughs> this wait,
2: wait, this what February did you take is you going to be a Valentine's out. Day
0: card. That's
2: yeah. No. yeah. Oh yeah. I just listen. Dave is a is a beautiful lyricist, but this is just not his best work. I want you but, to know, you know everything is going to be all right, baby. Musically, I will. I'm not. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. It's not my least favorite song on the album, guys. I think that's important. Oh, I told you what my least favorite song is. <laughs> 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 this one is at least interesting, and I will give the band credit for that. That's well,
1: interesting opinion. is a Sean word. So,
3: Sean, yeah,
0: what did you think? Yeah,
1: Shawn? let's Shawn, see what Sean yeah. has to say. <laughs>
3: i think that um i think that this song is madness (laughs) that is a good word madness I i think i think it is i think that the song has multiple lives i think that i can really get behind the first life of the song i think that it's different i think that it no matter where you are it grabs you and kind of stops you in your tracks and and it makes me want to know what is going to happen next which is you know by my count all great aspects of a song but I, at the same time i think as the song progresses i think sometimes unexpected turns um while sometimes are great <laughs> in song, sometimes it can just lead to absolute chaos and this is uh, you know more of the latter for me. Um, <laughs> more chaos. I think that it. You know, I think Matt talked about and and you know we go back to our very first listen and he he used the analogy of you know guys being out all night doing their thing, partying. Somebody throws out the idea, let's go back to the studio and we just kind of mess around, and that for whatever reason has always stuck with me as a. <laughs> Not that it's necessarily what happened here, but I can absolutely see how something like what Matt's describing could. Let's just hit record and see what happens,
0: and (laughs) we'll just throw it on the album no matter what. Yeah,
3: yeah, it's um, it's very interesting. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, (laughs) It's very interesting. Oh Um, my god. So as as we let's we'll move on from after everything. I think that's the best thing we can do. Um, We're moving into track number eight. In track number eight, we're we're talking about a song that once again we've never heard before. So prior to the album being released, nobody had ever heard. After everything, now we're going back to back tracks that nobody had ever heard. All you wanted was tomorrow. Track number eight. It's a song that comes from a recording session for an unknown film. That has never been released. So this is something oh, that that's uh, new Dave did on his own um, a while back, and it was never used for that project. So um, they, Dave, and and the powers that be decided, you know, we're going to take that back and we're going to repurpose it, and we're going to use it in a different capacity. Here we have it as track number eight on this record. I, it, you know, I think that it is. Um, Oddly placed uh, in, in the context of this record. I, I think that after I had heard the origin stories of this song, I, I found myself continually wondering, does maybe this fits really well in the context of whatever that movie was? Maybe, maybe it fits what the film was. I don't know how it necessarily I, I, don't, I don't know what I think of how it fits in this project yet. Um, Jeanette let's start with you how how do you think all you wanted wanted was tomorrow fits into this album
2: um it's interesting that you say that because I do think from here on out the rest of the album the placement is a little bit weird um, but this following after everything this is where the album does get back on track for me as a you know as songs that I like um all you wanted was tomorrow for me reminds me of New Orleans sec- that whole like second line outro is. Brilliant, I love it so much. For me this song um feels like it's it's a very very Dave lyric of like, you know, um Kind of the future is no place to place your better days, right? like like stop living for tomorrow, let's live for today and celebrate, and you know all the pretty boys and girls dance around together it's a it's a celebration it's a to me it's just like straight up bourbon street, New orleans, um you know, they're trading places for a day, drag queens, you know I'm just thinking all of I'm just thinking all kinds of f- celebrations you know down in new orleans and then and then the outro really. Brings me there you know so for me The imagery on this one is, is, is uh, It's clear as day to me You know what mm. I mean it's, um, And Rashawn uh, Rashawn kills it at the end I just think he shines so much On this song yeah he does And I think Buddy's piano It's very subtle But it's so lovely and it's such a It's such a cool little addition to During the while you know during the chorus Like he just comes in every once in a while it, It's just a lovely sound so
1: I, I, this one, this one I'm, I'm here
3: for. Trisha, your thoughts?
1: I didn't get this song at first. I'll be honest. I was bored um, until the end because I like the horns, but I was like, ugh. Uh, but what I love at, uh, contrary to ocean and the butterfly for me is then I saw this song live and I realized I was like stomping my feet and everybody around me was stomping my feet. Like we were at some kind of hoedown and I was like, this is fun. And so This is a song that started out when I heard it. I didn't actually really like it. And I tried to because people tried to convince me and I didn't really like it. Heard it live. And now I really enjoy it. So this song definitely, if we recorded it right away, would have continued to say it was boring. Um, And then live, it changed me. So I love when a live song can change my mind on a song. And uh, it did. So that's my take.
0: (laughs) Matt, how about your take? Well, uh, I second what Jeanette said about uh, the outro Uh, if you've listened to the pod, you know how much I love new Orleans and, uh, this is quintessential, you know, second line brass band, uh, stuff. And I think that that is great. Uh, but going back to the song, you know, the meat of the song, the lyrics and everything, this is another one of those that takes me right back. Uh, and I think that right at that, the end of the first part of the first verse where, uh, Dave sings about tomorrow, never coming, uh, this is going to get a little bit morbid but mm. I I always thought about all of the people who we lost during the pandemic and like what a way for like your last little bit mm. of time to come like when the world is in like this this state and
3: mm. I just
0: th- I, that took me back um you know anybody who died whether it was from covid or anything else like you know if you were given you know months to live years to live whatever it was and you're stuck in the middle of this I always thought it, like that just that I always thought about that. And um so that took me, you know, that was one of the lines in here about tomorrow never coming that, you know, that took me right back um into that time. Mm. So uh, I think this is this is another one of my favorites. Um, along with It Could Happen and Looking for a Vein on the album, I would say those are my three songs that I enjoy the most and always re-listen.
3: As we continue with our album review of Walk Around the Moon, we move into uh, song number nine, uh, a song that a lot of people heard a number of times prior to the album being released. It's a song that debuted back in 2021. Um, it's a song that has evolved quite a few times over uh, the course of its of its life. I, it's it's a song most notably in the chorus that, when it originally debuted, had this idea of. Uh, living in a lonely lonely world and kind of seeking out love that was the the premise of this song and over time and as the band hit the studio to record this that chorus totally changed and and ended up in a place of wanting to crawl out of the skin that i'm living in um the song of course that i'm talking about is the only thing and it's the ninth track on this album matt what do you glad i get to go
0: first thing? because i have such a scorching hot take on this song okay so,
3: oh, <laughs> so okay.
0: I um, this is like you know we talk about our Foz score at a show. This is like a straight up, uh, like not positive, not negative song for me. It's like right down the middle. And my scorching hot take is, if I heard another band play this song, I would be like, this is the greatest song that this band has ever put out. You know, like I would, I would think like, wow, these lyrics are kind of cool. Like, wow, I always yeah. get the song, the part about. Uh, just want to crawl out of the skin I'm living in part, like always stuck in my head. But then I think, and I'm like, this is DMB. Like this does like, this is like, to me, like, like somebody wrote mm-hmm. she, and then decided I want to write, like, I want to make it better. And like, here's what I can do to make it better. And so here we are, we've made a better version of the song. Mm. She, and, uh, mm. but like, she for me is like one of the, you know, the, the songs that just doesn't do it for me as a DMB song. So, uh, but it, but this is certainly better than that, and so there's something to be said for <laughs> that. Uh, so that that's just my overall feeling. Like I don't I I think it's a good song, but mm-hmm. I don't think that it's a good song for this band. If that makes sense,
3: it does make sense. Is this though, Trisha, a good song for this band? I think that's the <laughs> the question at hand.
1: Oh no, I'm totally out on the only thing.
3: Ah, just, there we uh,
1: go. Okay. Like there's always a skippable song on the album. This is it for me. Even if I do listen to the song, I'm skipping it by the end. I don't like the instrumental when it comes in. It's not for me. However, great lyrics. I often wish I can crawl out of my skin, the, the skin that I'm living in. So <laughs> like, honestly, I, I love the lyrics, but. I wish I could crawl out of the
3: skin I'm
1: yeah I'm never excited and I think this is actually like I bet you this is a song we should debate one day because I think people love this like they either mm-hmm. love it, love it it's number one or they're afraid to admit they're afraid to say it out loud like I am literally on a recording for everybody to hear that I'm very out on it <laughs>
3: you know who does
0: you know who does love <laughs> this lyrics, song uh, and if uh if this song is like it is for me where I don't necessarily get super into it when this song gets played, if you focus in on Tim Reynolds. In the, li- in a live setting, it is, boy, is it a treat. Boy, is it a treat.
1: Oh, okay. Because Dave yeah, sings and about like, aliens. Him so is he's just like, oh, this, doing this you about know, me. Like, yeah. like,
0: you know, like doing his, his crazy stuff. It's yeah. that part is a treat
2: yeah. for
3: me. <laughs> Jeanette, is this song a treat for you or are you like Trisha skipping it?
2: Treat's a strong word. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, again, at least it's interesting. It I I couldn't agree more with Matt on it's like an improved version of she. I get such yeah. she vibes from it that like I just it's so I can't but again, with the all three of you mentioned the lyric that I wrote down. Wish I could crawl out of the skin I'm living in. That's such a great, that's such yeah. a great lyric, you know. But it's it, a
3: fun it, chorus.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's a fun chorus. But I, I also, Trisha, I, I was nodding, I shaking, nodding my head furiously when you said that instrumental in the middle. Like I am so confused hey, by <laughs> that. What is going on? I don't know Skip. where to look. I don't know what to do. I'm like, this is. I don't know how to dance. Like I'm just like. <laughs>
0: It's like a shred I mean, anxiety fest. attack. Well. That's why you just watch <gasps> right. him and he's yeah. like, you know, he's All like, right. wow, you know.
2: All right. <laughs> okay. That's what I'm going to do. Thanks for the advice. I've learned so
3: much <laughs> this episode. What so we you, move. Sean? Yeah, well, Sean. You
2: did not give I, us your opinion, Sean. Yeah. You didn't get out of this. <laughs> yeah. You know,
3: it, this, this song, I, I have a lot of thoughts on it. It's It's a song that when it debuted, it at the same time, both was not necessarily my favorite new song. But I also saw this song as a potential single for whatever the new album was going to be. It just seemed to, to fit the description of what a single could be. Um, fast forward, I was 100% wrong. The song is not a single. It was not a single on this album. Um, and I do think that it has improved from what it used to be. I, I like the changes over time. I like where the song ended up. Chorus wise, I do think that the instrumental part, um, does have an awful lot of she vibes as, as we've coined it. Um, and I think that it feels a little forced. It, it feels like it, it didn't necessarily have to be inserted there and, and maybe, Uh, Interestingly enough, an album, it's the shortest album that the band has ever put out. And there's so many instances on this album where I'm looking for more. I would like it to be extended. And here's one where I think I would be okay if it was dialed back a little bit. Mm. Because there's an awful lot that I like about this song, but it, it just feels like it drags on. And it might be the only song on the album for me that really feels like it's dragging on. Um, Even though there are other songs on the album that aren't necessarily my favorite, this one it does feel like it's 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 dragging on a little bit. And and um, you know, it it it's not my least favorite track on the album. It's not my favorite track. It's it's a very poppy song that exists. So in terms of just.
0: just to get back I to our, feeling... our treat conversation, yeah. right? So it's like you finish dinner, yeah. you're looking for like a Reese's peanut butter cup, but all <laughs> you have is like an after dinner mint. So you're like, ah, uh, kind of does the trick, but like, sure. I'm really still looking <laughs> sure. for that Reese's peanut right. butter cup. Uh, right.
1: Oh, I feel so validated. I really <laughs> thought I was going to come in here and, and you know, because I actually think a lot of people like the song. Um, and I thought that I was going to, I thought I was going to be a three against one. So I feel very validated. And I didn't even think about relating it to she. It's such a great point. It's the she. Mm -hmm. uh, The she It's got the she vibes.
3: Yeah. So we move into the uh, the final three tracks on the album. Track number 10, uh, Break Free. It's a song that has existed in one capacity or another for a long time. Now it's a song that debuted back in 2006. It's a song that uh, had an unfinished version that was leaked on the Bassin sessions in 2018. And ultimately it found its way onto this album, walk around the moon. Uh, the, the way that the story goes or the way that the band has told the story of the the production of this album is that this is the last thing that they did for this album and they very much went back and took that leaked bassin version and we mentioned at the beginning of this episode that Mark Batson got a production credit for this for this song. They went back and listened to it. They didn't change it drastically they they did um I kind of look at it as some cosmetic changes um It's a song that I think i don't i don't I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say is universally loved." What's interesting, though, is people have very definitive versions of this song that they love, and the versions have changed pretty drastically over time. Tricia, what do you think of the version that we got on this studio release?
1: Well, let's first discuss that when Monsters was being released as a single, someone accidentally leaked Break Free by accident that <laughs> well, night, and that so happened. A, that happened. And so, a lot of us got to hear Break Free, the album version. Until they took it down, so I remember listening to it at one a.m. and I had an allergic reaction to it. Mm-hmm.
3: I literally,
1: literally, That's I had a true it, like, story. A yeah, yeah, I remember. And I think it's because I was so attached to the 2006 version, and it took me a minute. I wasn't prepared necessarily, um, but it is excellent. I mean, I, I, I don't know if it was that I heard it live so much that then it started to feel more. I, I just. It's interesting how I held that 2006 version in my bones until this album came out. Um, like I, I absolutely love it. I think it's excellent now. I love the horns at the end. You know, I think that that was kind of the biggest question that we had going into this album coming out: Will there be horns? Will there not be horns? What are they going to do here? Ba, 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 ba. Like it's just so <laughs> I I love the end of it so. Though it caused a little bit of an emergency situation, (laughs) uh, I'm here for it. I think it's excellent,
3: (laughs) Jeanette. uh, Your first listen of "Break Free," was there any type of emergency uh, reaction? (laughs)
2: Um, Mine was more of just like the roll my phone across the room. Like I was like, "What (laughs) is this?" Like I (laughs) did not. Again. We're all, we all have the 2006 version in our bones, as Trisha said, like we just do. And even though they've been, they've played, they they brought it back a few times and they've been playing it live every once in a while, they don't do that outro and it it broke all of our hearts. But I think that, you know, it, this, this version grew on me and I think that we finally all just realized that we had to let go. We had to mourn Mm -hmm. the 2006 horn Mm -hmm. outro and just embrace this new horn outro because it's not bad. And at least, no. at least, there's a horn outro. I will say I do miss the horns in the bridge. They're not; they're kind of dis- they've kind of disappeared from the chorus and the bridge, which I don't love. But um, I, I it's an oldie but a goodie, you know. It's like it means something yeah. to us, it, you know. The yeah. lyrically, it's just we we know these words for so long, and I just <laughs> think we've we've mourned two thousand six Break Free, and I've accepted this new version, and I think it's excellent.
3: Yeah, Matt, the the question I'll pose to you. In, in regards to this song is, is it possible to both love and wish that the 06 outro is what we got in the studio while also really being into the horns as they are today? Because I think I find myself in that camp. I, I love what we had. I was really scared of change. And I I think ultimately I love where we ended up. Uh, how do you feel about the outro and, and where it ended up and and just your thoughts on the song? Overall? Yeah, it's
0: a great question. You know, I am in general, like at this point in time right now, a little break freed out. Like it's I don't know. There's just something about the <laughs> song. that um, It's not that it doesn't do it for me. I just uh, it's uh, you know, I like it better than a lot of stuff, but, you know, not more than others. And um, to answer your question, Sean you know Fenway 06 break free is always going to be the best version you know period um mm-hmm. but i do you know mm-hmm. we, we've talked about this before where we said okay if the band is going to commit to this song they're going to need to commit to an outro and when they did play it live and release it on the album they really did commit and i i certainly give them props for that um so i think it's possible to love both versions um, but You know, the song is there's the the studio version is just there's a lot going on. There's a lot of weird stuff in the middle, a lot of like weird production things. Um, again, on the Matt Studio, uh, Walk Around the Moon Director's Cut, (laughs) Mm -hmm. would we include Break Free? Maybe not, maybe it would be a bonus track um you know like Ooh, I wow just, okay. uh, I don't know, like, track this on is this where album. the album starts to it doesn't lose me by any stretch of the imagination but i think that the first half of the album is so strong so strong and things mm-hmm. are placed in certain ways and it just takes you on this journey and here you know as we've i think we've spent more time on these middle songs that just like none of us can agree totally on them, I think this is a this is a quintessential <laughs> right. example of that. Like, why was this song chosen? Why were the choices made? Like, were the choices made just because they needed to be made to make it different, or and, and why were other things you know not included? So this is where you know some of the album just starts to to lose me, and I think it's why um, I still think that Walk Around the Moon in general as an album is you know in the mid to upper tier of DMB studio albums, but it prevents it from being, you know, top tier for me because of a lot of those choices. And I just think that there's it's just a lot of um meandering and and odd choices in general. <laughs>
2: hmm. See, I think it if they left Break Free off this album though, it would lack um it would lack a song about sex. It would lack a sexy song that we need. So I well. don't know if I would Okay, Trisha, not, I know you want to tell me every song on the album is already sexy.
1: After everything's kind of sexy. Uh, <laughs> you're right, you're right.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, um. I, uh, but, you know, I, but I, Matt, you know, you said in uh, Walk Around the Moon that. Um, Dave's voice was like muted. I feel that way about this song. Like I feel like he's not. He's not.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, know. I, I agree. I it's not, agree. It's, it's one it of those. It, it's one of those where you know, like the whole album is like that. And for these pandemic songs mm-hmm. that take you right back, they absolutely should be in that style. But yeah, you're right. Songs like this, songs like Walk Around the Moon. Um, we'll talk about monsters in a second. Everything is just so pulled back. And in some cases it works and I think in some cases it doesn't.
3: Got it. Yeah. What about you, Sean, on break free? So Break Free is it falls into the category of I was pretty unsure the first time or ten that I listened to it. Um I probably listened ten times consecutively when it when it released. And I was pretty unsure. It's a song that I loved going back to when it debuted. I think when when you look at the 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 um The arc of this song, I think there was a point where I loved it. The early versions of this song um, fall into that category. Then for me, I thought that this song hit a little bit of a lull. Matt Matt talked about being uh, break-freed out, and I definitely thought that the song sounded uh, a little tired a few years prior to us getting this album. I, I thought there was a period where it just wasn't living up to what, those great early versions were. However, I think that the song took on a second life and Mm -hmm. I am in the camp of really loving that second life. I love where the song has gone live. Um, I love the way that it exists in 2023 and While I do think there... Could you make the argument that the song's a little overproduced on the album? I absolutely think that you could make that argument. But overall, I really like the song and I'm happy that it it made the cut. It's something that I wanted to hear. Mm -hmm. Um, We got a little tease of that with the Bassin Sessions, right? But I wanted to hear what this song could be if they they sat down and and they really got to work on it and overall I'm I'm really happy with it. I think this song and and it'll take us right into the next song, track number 11, Monsters. I love absolutely love the first half of this album. And then there's, you know, a couple of question marks and and some some things that are interesting to me to start the second half of the album, but, but this part of the album, the break free monstrous part of the album is a, is a part of the album that I absolutely adore monsters track number 11. We're talking about the second single on this album. It's a song that is anxious, it's ironic, all while acknowledging that even though the fear of the unknown is very real, it can absolutely be something that we make up in our own minds. I think that's such mm. a powerful uh, image, it's such mm. a relatable idea to myself, to, to probably everybody that's gone through you know, life. Um, a monster, if you will, Um, yeah. you know, and, and, and it's an older song. We, we found out after the album came out that it's, uh, nearly a decade old. Stefan took to Twitter and, and kind of gave us the, a little bit of a history lesson on where this song came from. Um, track number 11 monsters, uh, in contention for me as my favorite track on the album. Um, uh, Matt, where does this fall in, into, uh, your, your rank? Oh, yeah. of The, album?
0: Uh- incredible incredible lyrics incredible music um the imagery is amazing i think i think this is uh dave's best vocal performance in perhaps a decade um you know going back to Mm -hmm. away from the world um and i you know the only thing that i that i i brought this up when when the track was released and i'll do it again now we know that there are not other band members featured on this track, like in a couple of other places here. But, you know, Monsters, A-plus for me, I I think it's great.
3: Yeah, I think you you make a great point, Matt. I think when we first got the... When we first started to get information on this album and who was on each track, I think our group chat, I think all of the places people... Uh, gather online kind of exploded with the same questions that we're asking here right now where is everybody else and that and that's something that i personally am pretty torn with because i want all of those guys on as much of the album as possible yet this song for me is in a pretty elite tier of dmb studio tracks modern dmb studio tracks if you will and and you know we could kind of uh, or I, I can grab a couple of songs from each album. This one really stands out to me. It's in the tier of what I consider to be the best song on come tomorrow in Virginia in the rain. I think that there's a couple of these modern DMV songs that are just so damn good. Um, musically writing, you know, I can go on and on. Um, but I won't, I'll turn it over to Jeanette. Jeanette, what are your, your thoughts on this one?
2: I think it's important to remember that this album was produced in the middle of a pandemic. And so there might be some reasons as to why certain band members aren't on things, right? Like, yes, Fonz might have laid down a, a, a bass track, but maybe they just couldn't get it to sound as good as they possibly could. Who knows? Like, Question that's something we'll never know, Dave. right? We'll never okay. understand. It. Yep, <laughs> blonde, blonde blonde. Um. However, with all of that being said, this is the best song on the album. Mm. I think it belongs way closer to the front of the album. I don't necessarily understand why it's towards the end. I think it deserves a crown in the front somewhere. Um, I think it's Tim's playing is hauntingly beautiful. Um, And Carter blows my mind on this album. You know, we heard her, the first time we had heard it was in Mexico, um, a Dave and Tim version of it. And I loved it then to then hear the album version of it and to hear what Carter did with it was not anywhere near where I thought it was going. So um, that just blew me away. And I think it just, it makes the whole song. I think Carter is the center of the song and everybody else is just around him. And, and like you said, Matt, the imagery, the lyrics are phenomenal. I just, I just love the song. It, it, It reminds me of anxieties. And even though it was written, who knows how many years ago, it, it it's still so prevalent in this pandemic world we were living in, you know? Um, so I just think it's the, num- I think it's the best song on the album.
3: <clears throat> Lots of high praise, Tricia. Um, where do your thoughts on this song fall in line with what everyone else has said?
1: I mean, same. You listen to the whole album. I almost forget that monsters is coming, right? Uh, yeah. Right, like you forget. You are kind of it like lungs in, this- in the front. You they gotta right. You know, it deserves that. So, like, <laughs> but then you forget, and then you are like, oh shit, is this? This is the best song on the album, and like you're already at what the end of the album, right? <laughs> and you're like, oh yeah, um, I think like you all said, it's so relatable to all of us. I think Jeanette, in the beginning, you said that it felt like a uh, like a hug from Dave, mm-hmm. and I still feel that way. I think the song felt like a real gift. Like that, um, you feel very validated for all the kind of monsters in your head that you're having, and so there's just so many lines in this one. Love won't let me go. I mean.
2: It's gonna
1: save my soul. Let me go. I kind of like that it's hidden in some ways because I love that element of surprise when I'm listening to the album all the way through. Um, and so, yeah, I think this is a universal loved uh, song from the pod of sure. Jane likes.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. So we've reached the end. Um, we've reached the end of the album Um, we are rolling into the 12th and and final track uh, in our walk around the moon album review. And of course that leaves us with singing from the windows and singing from the windows is we've talked a number of times about this reoccurring COVID theme on this album. And, and we've all picked out different moments in which um, our thoughts on the pandemic were Uh, front and center when we listen to these songs for the first time. And there's probably no song that that's more so the case for than singing from the windows and and how this band chose to uh, end the album or, or more specifically how Dave chose to end, the album, because that's what we're getting uh, on this final track. If you've listened to this song live and, and this to me, similar to ocean and the butterfly uh, this is another song that debuted in 2020. And it's a song that every time I hear it, I think back to what I was doing in those, you know, those, those 2020 20 days during the pandemic when it was most of the time, just Dave and an acoustic guitar coming into your living room, performing this song. Uh, it's, it, it has such powerful uh, imagery and, and, and a hat tip to, um, the story of, of people hanging out of their windows and serenading first responders in Italy as they were going back to their homes Dave specifically talked about seeing that on the news and then in his mind, trying to imitate a Paul Simon guitar lick. And and the result is singing from the windows. Uh, Trisha, do you want to lead us off with your thoughts on the final track on this album?
1: I mean, I could put this in any time and probably cry. Like it just takes me, that takes me right back. But to not necessarily the way like it happened takes me back to the pandemic, but like what Dave in some ways, it just takes me back to those solo performances during the pandemic and how um, much uh, he was there for us in those moments, right? Like coming out with a new song, having a song for us to be able to feel, I think it's a perfect way to end the album. Um, And yeah, it's beautiful. His voice is beautiful and I love a Dave solo. So I'm, I'm, even though, um, You know, it's probably not a song everybody's like dying to hear live or dying to kind of even revisit because it was such a painful time when that came out. Um, I think it deserves to be there, and I think it makes sense that it's there, and I'm glad that it made an album.
3: Yeah, very much a moment in time song, Jeanette. What what are your thoughts and and feelings on uh, the way that this album concludes?
2: Um, Yeah, I agree. It is it's a moment in time. It does make me super emotional. Um, It takes me right back to those beginning times and and, you know almost nostalgic a little bit for those times where none of us knew what was going on and we were all in it together and there was no sort of divide um we kind of all just didn't know what was going on and I think the line that always sticks out to me the most is um when he sings singing from the windows walking down the hall nowhere to go be good to (laughs) see you Mm. but I suppose when it's all said and done you know um I think Oof. that I know it really it's it's you know and then then to hear it, you know the first show back in Raleigh after um the, it was their first show after the pandemic and and Dave came out and sang it and got choked up it you know i i i it, it, i felt that we all felt the exact same way that he felt, you know um and it's just it's really really it really has a place in my heart. I'm so glad it made this album, I was afraid it wouldn't um but I'm so glad it did because it really is such a stamp, a time stamp on our lives that we'll never forget, and we have a song to mm-hmm. kind of describe and take us back to how we felt in those moments.
3: Yeah, Matt, how, how, what are your thoughts on uh, the way that this album wraps? Yeah, up?
0: I mean, I echo everybody's thoughts about this taking me right back. Um, to go back to you know a bit of a Beatles analogy, uh, you know, this is kind of the Her Majesty of of this this album you know you have the mm-hmm. band wrap up and then you know a little song here to to finish everything i mean this song means so much to so many people as as everyone has said um and you know it's it's one of those i'll never forget hearing it for the first time i know exactly where i was sitting i know exactly what it was like outside i know exactly who i had talked to about it um, you know it was just like it was a you know, a, a gut punch overall. In you know, in a very emotional way. Yeah, and I think it, I think it needed to be on this Absolutely. album, um, and I think the placement is is good. You know, I I have nothing bad to say in that regard.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I think this song in in so many instances has has been a, a placeholder in time. It, it was a song that came to us in the middle of the pandemic when people were locked into their homes. It's a song that. Uh, I found myself, the more that I listened to it in 2020, the more I I found myself just longing to get back to normalcy and to get back to a place where live music existed again. And I didn't know that that first show was going to finally happen in Raleigh. What a, you know, exhale it was to finally get back to some sense of normalcy. It was a song that of course had to be played that night. It somehow hit even harder than what I was expecting it to to do. And then it did the same thing on this album. It's, it's um, I think the album ends in the most appropriate way with Dave um, and a guitar and, and, uh, you know, greeting us or, or, or um, saying hello and goodbye at the same time in the same way that we were first introduced to this song. And I think that that's, that's a really special way to, to kind of wrap up um, this walk around the moon album. So that's our, that's our walk around the moon recap. Uh, we appreciate, uh, you tuning in and, and taking this journey with us. Um, this is one that, that we were excited to, um, to bring to life and, and to sink our teeth into and, and to gather around and and chat about. So, uh, we hope that this can uh, be a companion to this album that, um, really carries a lot of meaning for a number of different reasons, but this album holds a lot of meaning. And I, and I do think that it's one that overall has been pretty well received in the fan base. And, and, um, you know, what a testament for, for this album to have come out when it did. And, and it it certainly wasn't uh, an easy thing to accomplish, but, but they did it. There's some highs, there's some lows. and, And we talked about all of those and shared some laughs. So we hope that you enjoyed our album recap and, um, Uh, Yeah, we we appreciate you tuning in. Anybody else have any thoughts before we sign off?
2: I'm going to go take a walk
1: around the moon. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) There we go. Perfect. (laughs) Thanks for listening.
0: Thanks, everybody.
1: Bye, everybody. Take care. None of us know what's to come tomorrow,
2: but I'm not going out today. Dance with me like the time we've got is borrowed. Singing from the
3: windows, sirens outside. Where are you going?